haunted mayhem. Welcome to Haunted Mayhem. I'm your host, Brandy Nicole, and I'm here to get cozy and talk all things murder, including the victims who come back to claim their justice. Now, this justice, it can get a little controversial at times, depending on your view of the situation. But let me just say, some of these stories are downright haunting. But hey, if you don't want to get haunted by a ghost, don't kill their human vessel. It's just that simple. Now, to be sitting here talking on a podcast about murder and ghosts and stuff like that, it's mind-blowing. I actually never thought I would be here. Never thought I'd be a writer either, but hey, that's going 10 years strong. So, hello, hey, hi. <laughs> to add to the haunting stories that's been told in the news, I will also be telling your stories at the end. I'll put a little plug here. If you have a story that you would like to be told, a hometown haunt, a murder, a hometown haunted murder, you know, Mary Jane across the street being sold by the neighbors and their weird dogs, whatever, just shoot me an email. Nicole at gmail.com and I will be sure to share it in the upcoming episodes. So now let's get to it. So when we hear about the word murder in general, we think a lot of things, but what normally pops in our, in our minds is what happened, who did it and why it's a mystery and we are ready for all the details so we can Nancy Drew that shit. That's right. That's what we grew up on. But what happens when the answers don't come? I mean, there will always be speculation and theories. Who doesn't like a bit of hot gossip? The thing is, hot gossip doesn't always get the job done. Sure, it can create some hot tea, but it doesn't solve the murder. This can leave the victims restless. They want their justice. We all wonder about life after death, but what about avenging said life before moving on to whatever waits beyond the bright light for us? That's exactly what this podcast is all about. Murder, death, life, and the souls who refuse to be silent while their killer walked free. I would like to take a minute before I begin this first story to thank the Once Upon a Podcast Network for host, hosting Haunted Mayhem. This is a fantastic network full of creative minds that I'm honored to be amongst. If you haven't, be sure to check out the Once Upon a Podcast Network and all the brilliant shows they have to offer. Now, on to our story. Clues to a Killer. So, my first story is about... Lisa Poslins. This story, it really caught my attention because not only had it been months since Lisa was murdered with no clues as to who did it or why, but it would take Lisa coming back from the dead to solve her own murder. For the poor fellow that was traumatized by this ordeal, y'all, 
as much as I love a good ghost story and I'm totally fascinated by all things ghosty, I would have probably had a runaway if what he went through happened to me. Just being real. Um, I'm not going to give it all away right now, but it is spine tingling. But first, let me set the scene so you get the full picture of who Lisa was, what a badass she was, and continued to be even after death. Okay, so Lisa was a successful 30-year-old realtor in Toronto, Canada. Um, she had actually been working on this day um, and had worked overtime. Another reason why, you know, maybe not the overtime. I don't know. I can find a list of reasons not to work overtime, but... Uh, anymore also a list as to why but anyway um on november 2nd 2002 lisa left work late uh, at her fifth floor office in yorkville near montreal after working into the night she called it quits left her office and headed home the thing is she never made it home lisa's sister had become concerned when she didn't arrive home to her apartment she called police and asked them to check Lisa's office to make sure she was okay. Because this wasn't like Lisa. Lisa wasn't one to just disappear. She had a schedule. They knew so she sometimes worked overtime. But she wasn't one to just say, peace out. I ain't talking to you. I do that. I mean, a lot. <laughs> but Lisa, Lisa didn't. So the officers went to her office. They walked around the other floors to see if she was still inside the building. Hey, maybe she was making some copies. Maybe she was getting some coffee. Um, but once they looked on the ground floor, they found a disturbing sight. The officers found a puddle of blood outside a utility room. Afterward, they had a security guard open the closet. They saw a woman laying on her left side. She had one eye open that stared into eternity. And let's be real. Probably watched her killer walk away and leave her for dead. Ugh, it's disgusting. They had found the deceased body of Lisa Poslins. Officers also noticed blood on the wall and bloody footprints. An unknown man had stabbed her seven times cut her throat and just a little disclosure here if you're sensitive to any kind of attacks i will try to give a heads up heads up it's coming then he sexually assaulted her authorities began their investigation immediately the su the first suspect was Ra raul marquez the janitorial superintendent he had keys and security codes to her office and remained a suspect for days following her death. And, you know, I get it. So, it's always, you got to look at the closest people around the victim. Family, boy, boyfriend, husband, wife, girlfriend, um, any family members, family feuds, friendship feuds. Um, in this case, they had to look at the janitor. Because it was night. There was nobody else there but her. Um, he had been there cleaning that night as well. Um, but it turned out he had he had never seen her. 
but they had to wait for his DNA to clear, which it did. However, they hounded this man. And let me tell you, if there's anything I hate being called on this planet, it is a liar because I try to be the most honest person that I can because, <laughs> hey, karma, nothing you. Um, I want good karma. So if I know I'm telling the truth and somebody's calling me a liar, I promise you I'm going to get pissed. I'm going to get pissed off. Um, so Raul had every reason to be pissed off at the cops, to not offer any help at all. But this man, after all that interrogation, he would be the one to step in later and help Lisa solve her murder. Mm-hmm. That's right. You heard me. He comes back and is saying, being like, oh, no. He's like, I will help you. Even though these assholes freaking drug me through the mud. Whew. Okay, so Marquis would help capture the killer. He just didn't know it until months after the murder. So you can just imagine. Lisa's like, y'all are stupid. Hey, can I get some justice, please? Maybe a side of some happily ever after in the afterlife, yo. Um, so she's like, I've got to do something. Um, <laughs> the thing is, uh, what can she do other than see what nobody's doing? So she finally goes to Marquise and she's like, I need help, bro. Help me. Um, so here's what he told. He ultimately ended up telling detectives. Four months after Poslin's death, Marquise was working in the same office building where Lisa Poslin's was murdered. While applying a shine to a black tabletop, he saw a reflection on the table. Shocked, he looked up and saw the ghost of Lisa Poslin's. According to Marquise, she said nothing. She pointed to the table and then vanished. Okay. Not getting a lot of clues from that. Right? I mean, she just pointed to a table. So, originally, he didn't tell the police because he didn't want them to think he had lost his mind. Because that's exactly what they would have thought. Um, so, that's a understandable fear. Um, it's one I would have. Uh, but... Marquise shared the ghost story with detectives during an interview about his employees. He immediately thought of a former employee named Nelson DeJesus because he always wore black. Marquise assumed when Poslin's ghost pointed to the black table, she had given him a clue. Marquise told police that DeJesus had been had been seen with Poslins and had described her as hot. The police arrested the Jesus in March, 2003 authorities tested his DNA and matched it to Lisa's. He had left DNA on her jeans and underwear. Son of a bitch. The trial began in February, 2006 he wouldn't have much of a defense since he had left his DNA all over the crime scene. During the trial, the prosecutor explained Postlin's final 
day. After she had left her office, he approached her with a knife and handcuffs. The Jesus used his knowledge of the building to take her to a deserted part of the building. He then, warning, trigger warning, raped her and killed her. Postlin's blood was left on the handcuffs and knife. The bloody footprints also matched his. On April 8th, he was convicted of raping and killing Lisa Postlin's. Still, it's quite interesting how the judge, okay, because you're, you're sitting in a courtroom, right? And for one, this dude, Marquise, was scared to death to tell the cops, let alone, are they going to let me testify in a courtroom? Because if you look at history, they're like, uh, that is not solid evidence. We cannot use it. And a judge will be like, nope, not allowed. Um, not in this case. Way to go, judge. He permitted Marquise to mention Lisa Poslin's ghost in court. Hell yes. So, it was possible for Lisa, a murder victim, to return as a ghost and help find her killer. Or was it? Some people still have their doubts. But there are others who believe that Marquise was telling the truth. That he had, in fact, seen her ghost and was the one to help her solve her murder. Uh, we don't really know if Marquise truly saw our ghost, of course, but it's interesting how a black table made him think about Nelson to Jesus. Did Lisa's spirit briefly return from the dead to help solve her own case? What do you think? I think it's possible. I mean, why not? You're, you're angry. You want justice. And sometimes, why not stick around to see if, it, if you get your justice? Especially if you're angry when it happens. And it was just done in a terrible, terrible way. Fear, all those emotions helping you cling to life. Helping you cling to this earth. So you can see the person who ended yours be brought to his knees. I'd stay. I probably wouldn't go to the cops. I'd probably be in some training on how to get my own justice. But, you know, I, none of us know how long our spirits can stand still on this realm. I mean, there's ghost stories of the same spirits that have been around for a hundred years. There's ghost stories of people who have only been around for a couple months and then they're just gone. It's all a mystery. And that's part of the fun about true crime and figuring out the puzzle and life after death and why not bring them all together and that's what this podcast is about so what do you think did lisa come back and help solve her murder or was marquise just making up a fuss to give his speculations you tell me what you think you know, violent and creepy things can happen every day to anyone. Um, whether you're being, whether you're sitting at home trying to relax or at a hotel or just driving down the road, it can happen. 
Um, and that's what I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your hometown haunts. What is it that everybody talks about? What is it that gets people stirring, gets the gossip stirring? What's a memory that you have from childhood that your parents never believed you, even though you were telling the truth? I mean, I'm pretty sure we can all relate to that. Um, my first story is coming from Texas. Hey, says hello from Texas. My story starts with a few drinks followed by bad decisions. <laughs> Don't they all? I was out with friends at one of the many lively bars in New Orleans. Hey, shout out New Orleans. When one of my friends began insisting we take one of the midnight cemetery tours. Okay. Side note, done that. And it is so fun especially when you've had a few. Um, I am not one for being spooked, but seeing as how I had liquid courage and was heading back to the safety of my home the next day, I threw caution to the wind and agreed. The tour was as you would expect, creepy with a tour guide who made you believe what he spoke. I took some pictures, had some laughs, got a few chills, but returned home safe and sound the next day. My first, my first night back at work, things were going at, along as usual. That is until the alarms began alerting us of a patient in distress. Let me add, I'm an RA at St. Joseph's Medical Center in Houston. COVID, you can kiss my ass. Go, amen, it can kiss all of ours. Woof, good grief, that was terrible. Anyway, um, the patient who had been an accident earlier that evening ultimately succumbed to her injuries a little while after doctors declared her passing i was clearing out her room and felt someone watching me i turned around looking to the nurse's station but no one was there i shrugged it off claiming my emotions were high due to the circumstances it was then when i turned back around that i noticed the shadow in the corner of the room the silhouette of the girl was standing there looking at me Every inch of my body wanted to run or scream or most likely both, but I didn't. I just stood there frozen. She vanished within seconds and I couldn't be sure if what I had seen was real or was made by my raw emotions. Half an hour later, her mother comes by to collect her belongings. And again, I get a chill. I look to the corner and there is a silhouette again. Ooh, chills, 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 chills. I also noticed a glint on the floor. Turns out it was the girl's necklace that her grandmother had given her. A, fairly, a family heirloom that had carelessly fell from her pile of belongings. The minute I gave it to her mother, warmth filled my body again. Oh my god, y'all. I have chills. I have chills all over. Ooh, spine tingling. I've never experienced anything like that again, and I've clocked a lot of hours since then. One of the friends I went, I had went to New Orleans with says she believes that it's because my spirit was open to possibilities due to our tour the night before returning home. Well, she said it with fancier terms, but you get the point. I don't know if it's true or not, but I think of that moment often. It's taught me to stay open to possibilities because we are all grasping at life. Who's to say what lies beyond in death? Stephanie. First of all, thank you, Stephanie. And might I add, okay, so at the time of this recording, it is 
Nurses Appreciation Week. So let's give a shout out to all those nurses who put in the work, put in, stand at the front lines and protect us in the medical field every day. We appreciate you all so much. Now, as far as your encounter, I totally agree with your friend. We can all get wrapped up in our busy schedule that we ignore those chills and tingles we get alerting us to something being off. I know I do. Not only relaxing, but opening yourself to the tour could have relaxed you just enough to feel and notice what you normally might not. Thanks for sharing your story. Chills and hugs, Brandy. Y'all, I love this story so much. And I love hearing stories like that because it just, it helps you to like stay open and to think and to wonder and to have hope and just, you know, live a curious life. And that that's inspiring on its own. Um, let alone just getting the chills and thrills of figuring out the story and putting it all together and thinking about ghosts, just, you know, like there could be one right behind me right now eating on some popcorn. Who knows? I mean, I hope not, but I'm just saying. So thank you very much for tuning in to Haunted Mayhem. Uh, I know it's a little rocky. We're just getting started. Uh, first recorded episode. Hey, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of cleanup to do. Oh, I no, 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 lots of cleanup to do, but hopefully we'll get the hang of this and it won't be so rocky next time or, you know, 20 episodes from now or who knows. Uh, but thanks for sticking with me. I'll see you on the next round. Bye. Haunted Mayhem.